Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Dream Lab series. I'm Audrey Diaz Robles. And I'm Sabrina Castillo. Now, the goal here is to bring you behind the mindset of high achievers. High achievers is something that Audrey and I are always trying to crack the code on. Um, and we are so excited for our first guest. If you've never been to a Dream Lab event, um, then you know that one of the things that we like to do is introduce you to women who are just at the top of their game. And in January, Lizette Rios was one of our guests, uh, panelists, and we were so excited. But just to give you a little background on her, um, she has worked with some of the biggest, largest PR agencies. Uh, she works with global brands. She's behind the scenes on some of the biggest influencers that you know currently. And she is also an avid runner, a marathon runner, and honestly, just killing it. We are so excited to have her. So we're going to pop her right in. Welcome, Lizette. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So Lizette, we know you're the founder of um, Chic Influencer, but if you could just break down a little bit about yourself um, in like 30 seconds or so, just so people kind of get to know you from your perspective. For sure, I'll try to give you the, the cliff notes. Um, Cuban-American girl from Miami, moved to New York about 10 years ago and really was just wanted to make the shift because I loved working in PR, but I needed kind of like bigger and better things. So why not come to New York? So with all of that, my passion has always been the beauty industry, specifically the business of beauty um, and just kind of marrying also my passion for all things Latina. So I spent about 10 years in corporate America, just kind of working up my the ranks and working with kind of the largest beauty brands like Pantene and Olay and CoverGirl and that was amazing. Um, but about five years ago, truly thanks to like my husband, like pushing me, just being like, you should start your own business. Like you're working so hard for somebody else. Like you can do this for yourself. He himself was already and is an established business or an entrepreneur. So that was always like very enticing to me. But I was also very scared because I saw how much he sacrificed himself. Um, but I made the jump about five years ago with Chic Influence. And really what the goal of Chic Influence was is what I thought was an outage in corporate America, specifically in how I worked with brands and how they saw the Latina consumer, where it was either like, here are these marketing plans and you're either general market, which is what they call kind of like the traditional white America, which I hate to say, but that's the truth. And then there's like multicultural. And it was always like this, like very segmented thing. And I was like, no, there, there is a way to talk to girls and women like me who are, we are obsessed with our culture but language is not how we see our culture, right? That's just like one piece of it. So really what Chic Influence at the beginning five years ago was let's find, you know, brands or work with companies that truly want to engage with Latinas from a cultural aspect. How that comes to life can come to life in a lot of different ways, regardless of language. Um, so that's kind of like one division, which is the PR division. And then about three years ago, I formally launched the talent division, which is where we kind of monetize content creators with global brands across, you know, content, licensing, events, speaking. So um, it's been about five years and that's kind of like the realm that I'm in right now. That is incredible. And I've told you before, you're so inspiring to me. Now, here's really what I want to get at. So 
from what I know about you, your story right now that you leave Miami, you come over here, you leave corporate, you start your own business, and you're not only going after the traditional market, like you said, you're carving your own way. So there's so many women listening today that have these dreams that want to make these big leaps, but then they're scared. And they see the obstacles instead of focusing on what they could actually do. But you, on the other hand, are like, okay, obstacle, let me go right into it. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think it's just, for me, I've always been very comfortable with being uncomfortable, but I'm also like a realist, right? So it's like, if I'm going to take a risk, I need to understand the full picture of that risk, right? So like, with entrepreneurship, it took a long time. Honestly, I was like consulting my husband a lot. I also come from a family of like entrepreneurs. So I, I understood the benefits of entrepreneurship. But at the same time, in corporate America, you get very comfortable, right? I had mm. a very comfortable salary. I mean, I was very stressed out because I was working an obscene amount of hours. But then for me, what I could not reconcile, which was at one point a non-negotiable, is that I no longer had the passion to work where I was working. And it had nothing to do with the company. It just had to do with like the cycle of how corporate America handles humans. I just felt it was very counterproductive to productivity. So once I started realizing like I need to make a shift because it was also taking a toll on my mental health, I was like, I just laid out all the risk in front of me. I was like, okay. What is the one thing? And this is like literally my husband was like, what is the one thing you're most scared of? I'm like, I'm just scared of not making money. Right. I never wanted to be in a place where I had to ask him like, oh, my gosh, like I don't have money coming in. Like, can you help me? And yes, like when you're in a relationship, that's there for that. But like I never wanted that to be it. I just wanted to be able to make my own money and sustain myself. So once I realized that, so I just put in a plan. And I think this is the other thing that people kind of like think about entrepreneurship. Like it, it did not happen from one day to the next. I didn't just wake up and decide I'm resigning today and starting a business tomorrow. It was like a, first it took about a year for me to mentally prepare for that. So I had to like mentally tell myself, what are you most scared of? Are you most scared of just not having an income? How do you fix that, right? And then I just started putting a plan together of like, okay, if I create a business, these are all the different ways that I can make money. And then from there, at that point, I just started saving. The last six months of in corporate, I just saved as much as I could so that by the time I quit or resigned, I had about five months worth of money available if in the event that I did not make money the first five to six months of being on my own. So it was very calculated. And I think for me, that made me feel comfortable. But also at the same time, while I was working on my plan. I was looking for clients. I was like low-key saying, hey, I'm going on my own. So the day that I launched, I had two clients. One of them was my husband and he did support me with his company. So he was my first client. And then the other one was a celebrity hairstylist, which we still work with till this day, five years later. So I think part of it for me was facing the fear and just reconciling it. But also to your point, Audrey, it was also like focusing on the good. Like it's like, I'm gaining freedom. I'm gaining the ability to create a company on my terms based on passion. And then we will see what goes. Because I think what happens is, is like, ultimately, like the minute you get into an uncomfortable zone, you just put doubt on everything. Mm. And I think you women specifically, because we are seen as like these like caretakers is like, well, the minute you stop focusing on other things and taking care of other 
people like, how dare you do this for yourself, right? And I got it mostly from my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is like my number one cheerleader, but it's like, oh, how dare you? What, what does your husband think about? It? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he loves it, you know? So I think there's like a whole bunch of other things when like women are looked at as like following their passion in a selfish way, but also it's like when you feed into yourself, you're actually kind of helping everyone else at the same time. But I digress. <laughs> you hit a couple chords that I just can relate. And I know that sometimes when I even share some parts of my story, a lot of what I get back is people see like, well, so you took this year, right? What does that year look like to mentally prepare? But also people are like, oh, that means that like nothing happened in that one year and you're just lucky. And there's all these things and not knowing that that is part of the preparation, understanding that regardless of what happens, things will happen, obstacles will come up, um, especially when you're trying to look for proof that it's not going to work. I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to keep popping up. How do you kind of like, you know, get comfortable or start to build up that um, it's a skill essentially, right? To know and to start to believe in yourself is a skill, I believe. Um, and so how do you start to build that up? Because I'm sure in that one year, it wasn't like this like flowery year where like nothing happened. Um, and you had, I'm sure, other goals that you were really striving for simultaneously, right? Um, how do you kind of build that up? For sure. I think what is not discussed enough in the journey of following your dreams, whether it's like entrepreneurship or whatever, maybe in my case, I can just only talk about it in the context of shedding one skin of being this like senior vice president at a global company with recognition, peeling that skin off. And then to a certain extent, starting all over again. Right. So what isn't discussed enough is the, um, the emotional fortitude you need to be able to wake up every single day when nobody no longer cares about you because the association of you with this like global conglomerate is no longer there, right? So it's just being okay with, I'm okay if nobody wants to kind of work with me because I know what I have in my head will work. And I think a part of it too is like mentally preparing for that journey of like, who are my real friends, my my work associates who understand what, what I'm on that no longer are just trying to like, network with me because I have access to like a big company, right? So I think the emotional fortitude is super important because even as an entrepreneur, you are mentally taxed every single day. It's like you wake up and you're like, I have to keep this ship going. I have to service my clients. When you have employees, it's another layer. Now you're responsible. Literally, I am personally responsible for people's livelihoods. And that is like a huge weight of responsibility because it's very different when you hire a team in corporate America. That money is not yours. You're not in charge of that money to a certain extent. Somebody else is handling that money. So there's there's that layer. Then, of course, there's like 2020. But anyway, so I think the emotional fortitude is is super important. And like your mental health and just being okay because then after that was the first year mentally preparing for this seismic shift of what is my life going to look like? And then there was the actual implementation of that shift where, you know, you just kind of sit down and I'm just like, you're one of entrepreneurship. It's like, you know, nothing. You're just kind of taking it day by day and figuring it out. So it was the change of going into an office every day and having friends, right? Like I didn't have that. I worked from home for the first 
year and a half. And that was really hard on me um, because I'm a naturally very social person. Um, the second part is understanding boundaries and the best use of my time. And that was something that my husband really ingrained in me because when you first start, you just want to take every meeting, every phone call, because you're like, what if this phone call leads to a business opportunity? But then what ended up happening is that I, and then he kind of like, let me figure that out on my own. He's like, you need to like say no and put your time into things that are going to lead. I did not understand. I could not like correlate those things. I'm like, I need to invest time to figure out who is worth my time. What ended up happening is that I wasted too much time going to events, commuting to places, to people who just wanted to merely pick my brain because I had available time. So I think it was just restructuring on like, what does productivity look like? And that was like really hard for me um, because again, like I was really craving that social aspect. And then it was just like head down, get the work done literally for like a year and a half. Like nobody knew what I was doing. I was literally working like 12 hours a day in like the dungeon, as I called it, just trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I do this? And that was really, really hard. But one thing that I always had, and I will always have is that I believe in myself. I believe in myself. I believe in how I execute. I, I service my clients, like if they were my family. So it's like, I want to make sure I just like really honor and respect the money that is given to me because I work with other small businesses. I don't take that responsibility lightly that somebody is taking away from themselves to give to me. So I just want to make sure I over service, over deliver, but I do it with like kindness. I don't like I don't operate from a place of like franticness or like power plays. So I think it's just always like confidence, believe in yourself and then just do business from like the heart. Really, that's really how I operate. I love that. And I can tell that you are someone that is very self-aware because you were able to look at your situation, know where you wanted to go. You planned for it. You have the right support system around you. You keep mentioning your husband and the ways he's poured into you. Now, in the Dream Lab Collective, the focus on our community this month is, again, going through obstacles. And what would you say to some women in there that are like, well, you sound really confident. I don't feel so confident. Where can I start? Like, what are some of the rituals that you invest in daily to help you get that mental fortitude that you talked about? For sure. So how I am today definitely goes back to how I was raised. Um, so ironically enough, like my dad is just like the most positive person you will ever meet. So when he would like take us to school <laughs> when we were little, we wouldn't listen to like the radio, he would put on literally like Anthony Robbins tapes. And I always like mention this story or like these like little antidotes because I, and I told him to this day, I'm like, I don't think you really realize like, and I don't think we really realized cause we were so young. We would just get in the car. He would pop in these tapes and we're like, oh my God, dad, again, like this is so annoying. But then you would get to school and it was like this like can do attitude. And like my dad would look at us and to this day he still does. He's like, I hope you have a fantastic and incredible day. And like my dad would always pour into us like these little things, like just be yourself. You're never going to make everyone happy, but lead your life with like happiness and and kindness. And so that's really like how when that's instilled in you in a very young age, it really just like instills confidence from like a lifelong perspective. Like also to like my mom, we, my mom never really did like negative self-talk, you know, and even though as her as like a heavier woman, she would never like tell me or tell 
herself like, oh, I'm ugly, you know, like we never did that. So I think that's why I am the way that I am, where it's like to this day, every morning I do self-affirmation. So I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, damn girl, you look good today, right? Like I do it. I can literally look like a hot mess with like my hair just being like all over my face, greasy mascara coming down. And I'll just be like, girl, you look good today. You're going to rock this day. It's going to be a great day. So I think that's super important. But on the flip side too, like I do have anxiety and that's like a very real thing where it's like, as much as I have like this like very tough outer shell where like you also have to build like this like strength um, to have a business. I also sometimes like overanalyze situations to a point where I can't let it go, right? So it's kind of dealing with that. So part of like my journey is like mental, like emotional and physical. And like, I've always been very active as since I was little, like my parents always put us in sports and activities. So I've always been driven to like gymnastics and cheerleading. And that was a big part of my life. I was a cheerleader for 10 years. And I think team sports also built the foundation to how I am. Cheerleading had a huge impact in my life from like understanding like a team sport. It's like you have to hold your weight for all of us to perform together. Um, it will also, as and I was a competitive cheerleader at one point on three different teams. So it forced discipline on me. It forced like you can't go out, like you have a competition tomorrow. So that level of discipline carries over as an adult. So there was that component. And then of course, like, you know, kind of like fast forward all these years, I've kind of taken up running, which started really three years ago. And like, I'm addicted now, right? So it's like, I signed up for all these races. I did the New York City Marathon. I'm waiting to see if I get into the London Marathon because it's also given me this, like, I need teams. I also need other people to hold me accountable because I feel like I hold so many other people accountable. Um, and just that discipline and structure. I really thrive on structure, but also the health benefits of running really alleviate my anxiety, right? So for me, I do it for like my own health and wellness. Well, one, I feel really good now that I make my kids listen to my audiobooks as well. <laughs> um, my daughter's like, what is that? But she's only three, so she's just like, not about that life right now. No, the, the, the <laughs> motivation through osmosis is what I do. Affirmations with the we when we're driving to school, we do talk about what our intentions are going to be for the day. And you know, they're three, so like their intentions are very simple, but just like I'm going to be nice to my brother and my mm -hmm. mom and my dad, you mm -hmm. know. But it starts to build those things. Um, what I love the transition that you went from like an entrepreneur, um, and like you said, there is almost like a layer. I'm going through that right now, like you have like these titles that you almost like self-identify with and you have to shed that. Um, but it's how people know you and, and essentially is how people start to kind of want to either be associated with you or not. And it's true. Like once you kind of leave that. Um, and then as you kind of got into like entrepreneurship, what I'm really loving that you're saying is that you still have so much more to grow and you can clearly see that because one would think like, okay, but I have my agency, I'm good. And you're like, here you are running one marathon, two marathons <laughs> and more. Um, what keeps that like hunger? And what would you say to someone who sometimes would look at that and being like, when is enough enough? Cause I, I feel like there's, there's an abundance of, of anything that you want, right? 
Um, but I'm just curious to see like how you kind of get into that growth space and and know that there's always more for you and feel comfortable with that. For sure. It's funny that you asked that because I was like literally thinking about that to myself like last night because like my mom was just like, how much, she literally asked me, even when I signed up for the marathon, she's like, hasta cuando? Like, like just stop already. And I'm just like, I can't. I think it's just like my own personality trait where it's like, I just want more. And it's not from a place of materialism. It's just a thing that I have inside of me where it's like, tell me that something is impossible and I'm gonna prove you wrong, right? And it's just for me, I just get like this sense of fulfillment from doing like, things that people tell me no. And I've just, maybe it's part stubbornness, maybe it's just part hunger and drive, but I'm also not okay with complacency. That's just me, right? Where it's like, I know that I can do better because I want to, right? And it started even when I was like very young, where it's like, I wanna go into gymnastics. I was already like 11 years old, like that's old, right? But I'm like, I just wanna try it. My parents are like, okay, great. I want to start cheerleading. Like I've always had like these like very high goals. And even when I left my job, my everyone's like, but wait, you're like an SVP. And I'm like, you know what? And like one of my clients now has like perfectly hit the nail on the head of what I want or the thing that I'm going with is like, it is okay to change your mind. And that is a very powerful thing to remind yourself that just because like you've hit a certain thing, you're just like, okay, but I want more. And it's okay to want more. So for me, it's just like, I'm not okay with complacency. And I also feel like I like to evolve. I don't want to stay the same person forever. I feel like there's so, I am inspired by so many different people, including you guys. Like I am so inspired by you, by Sabrina and you, Audrey, like you guys fulfill me. And I'm just like, okay, like, okay. I know that I may have entrepreneurship somewhat under my belt, but not really. There's still so much more that I need to get through. But on the physical side, I'm like, man, like, okay, if I'm working out four days a week, I can work out five, six days a week. And that sounds crazy to some people, but for me, like, I just, I want more, right? So it's like, I look at other people doing certain things. I'm like, that's going to be a goal for me too. So I think it's just like, I'm a student of life. I love to learn about other people. I love to learn about how other people lead their lives. I want to understand how success is looked in in different ways. And for me, it's, complacency, just being driven to want more, but to learn as much as possible. I don't wanna only do PR my, or like talent management my whole life. I still have like a hundred more dreams that have nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, right? And I'm hoping actually I'm like starting the framework of something that I wanna launch in January. It's gonna make me so uncomfortable, but I just need to get it out of me because I was, I've been sitting on the idea for like literally a year. And I'm just like, yeah, like just do it. So I think, and it may just bomb and that's okay, but I try, you know? And I think also what I've learned is that like, once you go through entrepreneurship, because my journey with entrepreneurship has not been butterflies, you know, I've lost clients. I've had to part ways. I've lost deals. I've, you know, I've been moments where I'm like, what the heck am I doing? But you just become, you become okay with failure. You're just like, whatever, I'll learn. I'll get past it. Like, it's okay. So yeah, that's just me. I'm just, it's never enough, unfortunately. Uh, girl, you just gave me life. And, you know, there's that quote that says that everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And I think that this last part that you just talked about, it really defines the type of woman that we want to talk to. Like you have just so much in you. 
you might not know what that is. And it's constantly evolving with each decision that you make for your life. But the point is to never settle because there's that voice inside of you that tells you, no, you can give more. You can give more and you keep pushing towards your potential. So thank you so much for being our first guest here. Like, no, thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> when we were, I, mean, I can talk we, to you guys forever. <laughs> when we were putting this together, we're like, we need Lizette because like, you know, just like you said, that drive and it's almost like drive seeds drive, right? Like, I don't know everything you're up to, but I just know that I was like, there's no way that this woman wakes up and puts out in that much energy to life without having these huge goals. So like, I want to be around that energy, you know, mm-hmm. um, just to wrap up, you know, give us like your, your life model that kind of puts you in that state of mind that maybe could help someone or like, what's your affirmation of, of the, the week or the year that's kind of getting you into this? For sure. So I have like two that I tell myself every single day. Um, One that I've had literally since I was in seventh grade, I had it pinned to my desk is failure is not an option. And it's not meant to be taken literally because there is beauty and failure. But for me, that's just a term to like never give up. You have to see things through the end. You can't start something and finish it half ass because like you won't know like if this is what you want if you just quit i've just never been a quitter so that's that's one and then the second one which really has kind of come into my life in the last like year and a half um actually is when i was doing in the marathon training i literally have it as the desktop on my computer and it has not left in almost two years and it literally just says you can period end of story period that's it i just tell myself the same thing like you can end of story if there is something coming up that's a challenge rearrange your schedule Fix your priorities to get to your goal. And I think that's what people struggle with is that like they don't understand that sometimes big dreams requires big restructuring and big discipline. So and focus and consistency. But it's possible. Thank you so much. Um, it like honestly, you just like I feel like I'm ready to go it's still on my list I'm actually a little disappointed I didn't run that half I told you I was this year but like, no, like as can. long as you don't they'll, give they'll up be... right yes like, I just well, have to... it's not our fault that every race is canceled but we will run a half marathon together so when you yes. sign up I will run it with you we need yes. to make that a thing Yes. yes. Well, I signed up in March and then, you know, 2020. Know. Thank you, Lizette, so much. Um, <laughs> so it truly much. has been an honor. Bye-bye. Likewise. Wow. wow. I'm, like, blown away. Um, Lizette is really, like, just the type of woman that, like, if you – I think, for me, she hit two points. One, if you want to know – what someone is doing or how they're getting somewhere, study them. And, you know, and I'm 40. So like in 20, 2002, when I moved to New York City to like live my life here, like Google wasn't a thing, YouTube wasn't a thing. And, and I still would watch like documentaries on people and read books. So like you have to find the life that you want and really do that. And the second point that she hit for me that was just like crazy is some things are going to take restructuring of your life. And I'm just like, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Like what, where you want to go, um, who you are right now is not going to take you to where you want to go. So, I mean, for me, it's just how self-aware she is because a lot of times we, we might think that we want to do something, but it's like, you don't ask yourself, well, 
Who do I want to do this for? Why do I really want to do this? And it seems like she really takes the time to evaluate those choices for herself. And it, what's interesting is that she says like the two people that she kept mentioning were her husband and her mom, because on one side you, you do have the support system that's there for you and the decisions that you make. But a lot of times, like her mother, it's the people that really love you that might be the ones telling you like, no, you, you can't do that. But being self-aware enough to know, no, this is what I want. And I know you love me, which is a problem that a lot of us Latinas have with our families. I know you love me, but I need to do this for me because it is true for me. Yeah, I can relate to that because, um, you know, I, I recently quit my job and it was a good job, good title, good paying. And when it was harder to tell my mother than to actually quit my job. And, and part of her, you know, is nervous, but also she actually admitted, she's like, okay, this is all my fault because I told you you could do anything. And so now you believe it and now you're living it and it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but her, she was like, but my dream was exactly what you have right now. And I was like, mm -hmm. but my dream is bigger, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And, you know, for those who are watching the Dream Lab, we're going to keep bringing these stories for you. Um, but if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of how this works, we have the collective. And one of the things that we want to be able to do through that community is help you identify, like, what are the steps to get there? And, you know, I know a lot of people are going into goals, like Audrey is getting, you know, her time set up and people are reaching out being like, how do I get there? How do I get there? And it just takes that work. It takes that mindset. Um, and in January, we're going to disrupt goal setting. Like we want to get to um, how to understand mindset so that regardless of the doubts and the fears and the obstacles that come your way, you're still able to move forward towards those goals. Yeah, because success is not linear. And we heard her say she was SVP of this corporation to then go and deal with what she what she talked about, the you know, the shedding of her identity and to then establish herself again. And that's a really high, a high and then a low and then a high and a low again. But, you know, it's really interesting how it seems like when she's feeling comfortable, she goes and makes a bigger obstacle for herself like she did with running the marathon. And I think that being part of the collective will get women into that mindset of finding a way to stay challenged so that you can keep growing. Yeah, I think um, for me, I'm going through that right now. It's uncomfortable sucking at things for me because I had a big team and I've been a professional for a long time. So even putting this series together, um, it sucks to suck, man. <laughs> and to be new at something, I just, I don't like it at all. I always, you know, especially being in a corporate environment, you feel like you got to walk into that boardroom, like, you know, all your stuff and whatever you don't know, you look like, you know it, and then you go figure it out. You don't do it in front of people. And all of this is uncomfortable for me. So hearing was that talk right now just gave me life. I'm just like, okay, this is normal. And so that's why it's important to be in these communities so that you know that you're not alone. You're not the only one. And um, I'm just really excited for everything that's to come. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So thank you all for joining us on our episode one. Um, Lisette Rios, we'll make sure to tag her so you can follow her. She's amazing. And mm-hmm. she also has like awesome Trader Joe hauls. Oh my case, God, yes. Um, <laughs> you're a Trader Joe fan like myself. Note to self, do not watch her haul before you go shopping because you come back with like extra stuff. <laughs> or when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and we're excited to invite you to the next episode. Bye. Bye.